This is Acast Recommends. Every week, we pick one of our favourite shows. And this is one we think you're going to love. Hello, I'm Jeff Lloyd, and I recently had a baby with Ed Miliband. A baby podcast, that is. It's a spin-off of our show, Reasons to be Cheerful. It's called Cheerful Book Club, and it's conversations with some of the best writers working in the world today. You'll really enjoy our chats with people like US broadcasting legend Rachel Maddow, literary giant Ian McEwan, and the big, short and moneyball author Michael Lewis. Feed your brain with ideas from the Cheerful Book Club. You'll find us on the excellent Acast app or wherever else you get your podcasts. Acast is home to the biggest podcasts from Ireland and around the world. Subscribe to this show and hundreds more now via Acast or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, welcome to the Everything is Black and White podcast. I'm Andrew Muscovy. It's time for our weekend preview, the last one of the season. As usual, it's been a very entertaining season. I'm joined here by Chris Rock over the phone because it is Rafa Benitez's press conference today. And anyone who has driven around Newcastle of late um, will know that it is an absolute mental uh, task to get anywhere in your car due to the, the rugby and the road closure. So Chris has decided to work from home before heading into the press conference. It's all right for some, Chris. Yeah, well, you know, we need most, as you say, traffic. The other day when we were both going to play football, took me, well, sorry, you weren't there, but it took me like 45 minutes to get across Newcastle. So, yeah, it's been a bit mental the last few days of traffic. Certainly has. Um, on to the game, then. I mean, the final one of the season, it's come around very fast. Um, it's a, in many ways, it's an important game. It could be Rafa Benitez's as last one as Newcastle United manager. Yeah, it has. It's, it's a strange one because then you look back to the start of the season, Newcastle's 10 game winless run. That seems like a long, long time ago. But then if you think back to, to last summer and players coming in, and that then it, it's all relative, I suppose. But it, it, Newcastle have come a long way in the last 12 months. I'd argue that even though uh, they're going to finish in a, at least three places lower than last season, although they can finish a, a point higher, that really the achievement this season is, is probably greater than last season. Um, the fact that they recovered from that terrible start, had a fantastic second half of the season. And yeah, we just hope that this is not the end. And that last weekend could have been Rafa Benitez's final game in charge of Newcastle at St. James Park. Sunday could be his final game as Newcastle United manager. Could be Salomon Rondon's final match as, as a Newcastle player. Same with Isaac Hayden. Same with the likes of Iosia Perez who are being linked away. There's so much uncertainty around Newcastle United at the moment, which is frustrating because really it's it, it's masking what should be seen as a great achievement this year that they've given themselves a platform hopefully to build from. But at the moment, we don't know if those foundations are just going to be laid bare. I mean, it's it's quite ironic that Simon Rondon should get the uh, the player of the year, the the, the the award presented by the trophy, uh, by the club, sorry. Um, and yet his future is, is up in the air and it would be shall we say, a typical Newcastle to let their player of the year go and Newcastle end up in the summer without a proven uh, number nine. Yeah, and we're going to see on Sunday, basically, that obviously they're not going to be directly next to each other on the pitch, but the head-to-head almost of Rondon against Mitrovic, the player that Benitez told the Newcastle board he didn't want. He loaned him out in January 2018 to Fulham. Then last summer, was determined that Mitrovic could, could go, should go my understanding is that some of the Newcastle hierarchy tried to persuade him to keep Mitrovic and say, look, he's still got a few years, he can still progress, but Benitez wanted rid of him. Rondon was a striker. He wanted, and obviously 
a slow start for Rondon, injuries, lack of fitness, lack of form. But since November onwards, he's been exceptional. His highest scoring ever Premier League season now after the goal last weekend. Seven assists as well as the 10 goals. But I just think he brings so much more than that. And Newcastle are in this difficult position whereby, as you say, he's been voted as the club's player of the season. And yet, Sunday at the moment is going to be his last game. He's got another year left in his contract at West Brom. Dwight Gale is set to return Newcastle. Rondon set to go back to the Hawthorns and at the moment there is nothing in place to sort that out. Managing director Lee Charnley has insisted, look, we haven't said that we won't sign Rondon, but it, I think it's very much a case of the only chance of Rondon staying is if Benitez first commits to staying, Newcastle won't pursue the deal otherwise, and at the moment that one's up in the air as well. Obviously, you're off to see Rafa Benitez um, in a few hours' time. This podcast will probably go out just beforehand. Are you expecting anything different to what we've seen um, over the last few weeks? I mean, obviously, if he does uh, say something different to that, we'll probably have to re-record this. But, I mean, we're not expecting him to announce he's signed a new contract or that there's been any real progress on talks. I don't think so, no. I mean, it would be a pleasant surprise if he did, but I think the likelihood is that what he'll say is that we'll have talks... We've had some talks this week, but we'll have more substantive talks after the Fulham game. And I think that basically uh, the noises coming out of St. James's Park and from the Benitez camp over the last couple of weeks really have been, look, it's unlikely there's going to be a resolution before the Fulham game. It's likely to be afterwards. Uh, I think there's a meeting penciled in with Mike Ashley. We're not exactly sure when, but I think it's some point next week or the week after. So until Benitez sits in front of Mike Ashley, I don't see any substantive changes in terms of discussions today, um, I think that he'll probably come out a little stronger than he did last week. Last week he's very positive, and that's because I think he's heard some of what he wanted in talks, but also I think it was around the context of the Liverpool game and he realised that it needed to be that unity and that positivity inside St James's Park if Newcastle would have any chance of succeeding, and they almost did against Liverpool. I think, personally, the way I think he'll approach this one will be slightly different. I just think you would go into it and think, look, this could be my last press conference, pre-match press conference as Newcastle United manager. What have I got to lose and to, to make it clear this is what I need? He's already said over the last few weeks and months, he's already hinted at certain things, but I think today he might be a little bit stronger and just say, look, if I'm going to be back here next season, then it's because Newcastle United have shown me they have the ambition to progress. Well, certainly. I mean, obviously, Last game of the season, Mike Ashley has tended to release a statement of such. Do you think the fact that Benitez's contract is up in the air means that he might not do that this time around? We know he did it last year after the Chelsea game, um, you know, praising the, the, the players and Benitez. This year, the situation is a little different? I think it is a little different. I think we may see a statement from Ashley if Benitez stays or if he, maybe even if he goes... Uh, but certainly if he stays, I think that we'll see a statement from Ashley coming out and talking. I'd, I'd be surprised if he did on Sunday. We have to wait and see whether Ashley will be there on Sunday because he has been to quite a few games in and around London. Uh, I think the last game he was at, if I remember correctly, was Spurs at Wembley at the start of February. So if Benitez is there on Sunday, maybe him and... and sorry, if Ashley is there on Sunday, maybe him and Benitez will talk uh, there and then before having more substantive discussions later on in the following week. Maybe Ashley will release a statement saying, look, we want we want Rafa Benitez to stay, but I think it would be unlikely that the club will come out and say anything until we're a little bit clearer on where Benitez's future stands because I think that they have made it clear that they want Benitez to stay and until it comes to a point where it does or doesn't, I don't think they really want to say any more on the matter. 
onto the starting eleven then on Saturday. Um, it could be Isaac Hayden's last game, which would be, uh, I think many, if not all Newcastle fans are in agreement, that would be a terrible shame, but it looks like he will depart this summer due to family reasons. Um, but he'll start, who do you think will partner him in, in the centre of the park? Well, it's an interesting one because obviously John Joe Shelby started at Brighton. I don't think he would have started if Newcastle had already been safe, hadn't already been safe by that stage. He then dropped him Benitez completely last week. He was back on the bench, but didn't come on at all. Neither did Modi Army. Uh, he didn't even give Modi Army a farewell St James's Park appearance coming off the bench because at the moment, Diarmi is set to leave as well because he, he can't meet the 25 Premier League start clause in his contract to enact another 12-month deal. He wants two years, and as of yet, he hasn't been offered that by the club. Um, so I, I think we, I think. Shelby may come back in. I think Benitez may give him another go, given that it isn't as intense a game as maybe it was against Liverpool. I think that that I could see potentially Shelby starting there. Other changes to the team, I don't think there'll necessarily be too many. The one I'd say is that the interesting thing about Benitez says this afternoon about Fabian Cher, because when he came off last week, he looked like he was holding a muscle and uh, obviously the week, bef- uh, the week before and the week before that he, he, he picked up a couple of knocks so um, I haven't heard that he's out I think he probably will be alright but they'll just have tested his fitness this week Fabian Scherer check if he's alright I don't see too many other changes I very much expect it'll be a similar starting 11 to the one who started against Liverpool because they did so well and if you remember the Benitez only actually made one substitution throughout and that was to take Scherer off when he looked like he was struggling a little bit and brought on Muto later on so um, I don't necessarily think that the likes of Mudo, the likes of Antonio Barreca, who we've only seen one so far, will get that opportunity to impress before the end of the season. Kennedy, I think that it's probably likely to be a similar team to last weekend, maybe just the one change in midfield potentially. Lots of fans going down, sold out weekends. Uh, I think a few of them are looking forward to this booze cruise with it, which uh, thousands of fans, if I'm not mistaken, are heading on to the River Thames before the game, which will be an interesting, uh, if not lively, atmosphere. Are you heading on yourself, Chris? I won't be there for the, for the booze cruise, unfortunately, but I, yes, I was hearing about this yesterday. I was listening to the radio and they were talking about on BBC Newcastle and saying about how uh, it was just a couple of fans had just come up with the idea at first and then invited a few friends and then they've invited a few friends and there's just been so much demand that fans are going to enjoy this one. And, and rightly so. I mean, I, I think Fulham away is, is a great trip for Newcastle fans. I When I lived down in London, actually, I lived very close to Craven Cottage it's a great area it's nice if it's going to be a nice day but I mean this the way the weather is at the moment it probably isn't going to be that warm down there but it's, it's a ground Newcastle I haven't got a great record at but it is an old school stadium it's obviously the, there's the cottage in the middle of it and I just think it's a it's, it's a stadium that isn't going to be the Premier League next, next season Newcastle want to make fans want to make sure they enjoy it enjoy the end of the season enjoy if it potentially might be Rafa Benitez's final game and the away end will, as always, be jumping. Most certainly. Um, obviously, for Fulham, a lot of players will be looking to get themselves in the shot window, and that's probably something Newcastle have got to watch out for. The uh, they won, um, was it last week they won, I think, surprisingly. Um, so they've got a point to prove. Lots of players like Mitrovic will want to stay in the Premier League. Uh, he's been linked to a £30 million move to Southampton this morning. Um so, and there'll be other players around him who will want to show their worth and show that they can be in the Premier League next season. Yeah, there's uh, a few players there and also the manager. You've got to remember Scott Parker wants that job. He's spoken publicly about it. I think they've won three out of the last four Fulham. That's ever since they've been relegated. The pressure's off them 
to a large degree, but there's, there's no pressure on Newcastle either. So, yeah, Newcastle do have to be careful. Um, Mitch and Mitchell certainly have a point to prove, A, to try and get a move elsewhere, but B, because it, it's Newcastle and you'll desperately want to score uh, against them, given that uh, they sold them last year. Tom Cairn, he's just signed a new deal. He want to end the season on a high. Some of these other players who are looking for moves will uh, be pushing hard. And look, Fulham have some very talented players, and it's they spent a lot of money last summer. I think they're disjointed in their recruitment. There was a lot of things said at the time about look at all the money Fulham are spending. Newcastle need to spend this, and I agree that Newcastle certainly need to spend more. But Fulham got their approach wrong. I think they're a bit scattergun in the money they spent. They probably brought in too many players and that created, I think, disharmony within the squad, disharmony within the, the team and formation and fluidity. Um, and Newcastle just need to make sure that they go there. And if they're treated with anything like the same intensity as they showed during the first half of Brighton, but particularly throughout basically the whole 90 minutes against Liverpool, I think they will beat Fulham. It's just whether they can get those levels high again. Because if it's like the second half of Brighton, then Fulham will really fancy themselves. And you've kind of already answered my, my next question, or at least led into it. It is, will Lee Charling might actually go to Rafa Benitez and say, look, you want £100 million, but that's what Fulham got last season, and, and look how that went. Well, I think that they'll cite examples like that to a degree. Um, I know that certain people within the club have they regularly talk about Everton as an example of look how much money they've spent to try and get into the top six and, and they're nowhere closer we'd have to spend that so money again either but I think again Everton are a bad example of a club who've spent a lot of money badly um, they've shown ambition but they haven't done it in the correct way what Benitez would argue and what I would argue is that um, the more money you spend the more expensive a player is that you've identified being worth a certain value, the less of a risk that is than to continuously bring in players um, who are supposedly unknown, like Martin Dubravka, or to spend less money on players who turn out to be bargains. You you want to strive to achieve those as well, but at some point you have to spend in order to move forward, in order to progress. Otherwise, you will be left behind by others. Fulham is an example of a club who've done it badly, but the likes of Wolves, the likes of Leicester, these are club examples of clubs who've spent money well and done it wisely. And this is what Newcastle need to strive for eventually. Maybe they can't spend as much as those teams, but they need to start spending more because otherwise they will be left behind and it will become a constant struggle just to stay in the Premier League every season as they've had the last couple of years. I mean, this is kind of a relevant question given that we don't know Benitez's future, but anybody in that Fulham side which you think um, could interest Benitez if he gets the say-so? Uh, I've always liked Sarri in midfield. I think he's a good player and I think that Newcastle had looked at him in the past in terms of, I'm not necessarily saying that they ever made a move from, but someone that they'd scouted a few times. So potentially, Mangisa is decent as well, but I think that there's not too many in the Fulham team other than Kenny's just signed a new deal someone Benitez liked in the past but I think Newcastle have moved on from that and they're, they're looking elsewhere although they could do with a midfielder of some form at the moment because they could potentially be losing three in Shelby Hayden and uh, Diarmi this summer so I certainly don't think defensively Benitez will look at any of that uh, Fulham team and think that he'd want to sign any of them I think Newcastle's ambitions are elsewhere um, and I don't think necessarily that full or certainly not Alexander Mitrovic I can't see a surprise return from Mitrovic somehow if Benitez is still here no, I doubt that um, well Chris your score prediction for Sunday 
it's a hard one to call, particularly with it being the final day of the season, the amount of times where we've seen strange results. I don't just mean Newcastle United-wise, but if you watch Match of the Day on Sunday night, I'm sure there will be some bizarre results. I'm going to back Newcastle, or I'm going to go 2-1 to Newcastle, I think. As long as they can maintain the focus and, and the intensity they showed against uh, Liverpool, or even half of that, I think they should have enough to beat this Fulham team. Uh, so I just hope that they do. Fingers crossed. Well, thank you very much for joining us. You can head over to chroniclelive.co.uk. Catch Rafa Benitez's press conference and all the reaction to that on our website. And we'll bring you live match coverage from Craven Cottage on Sunday. Uh, please remember to like and subscribe to the podcast through whatever platform you do listen to. And thank you very much once again for joining us. This is Acast Recommends. Every week, we pick one of our favourite shows. And this is one we think you're going to love. Hello, I'm Jeff Lloyd, and I recently had a baby with Ed Miliband. A baby podcast, that is. It's a spin-off of our show, Reasons to be Cheerful. It's called Cheerful Book Club, and it's conversations with some of the best writers working in the world today. You'll really enjoy our chats with people like US broadcasting legend Rachel Maddow, literary giant Ian McEwan, and the big short and moneyball author Michael Lewis. Feed your brain with ideas from the Cheerful Book Club. You'll find us on the excellent Acast app or wherever else you get your podcasts. Acast is home to the biggest podcasts from Ireland and around the world. Subscribe to this show and hundreds more now via Acast or wherever you get your podcasts.